Hey there, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get the gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions, such as how do I get my show on Spotify and all the other places people love to listen? How can I make money with this podcast? And where do I want to host this show? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors so you can get paid to podcast. As an Anchor user myself, I love how easy it is to upload my podcast and the fact I can get to Spotify and other platforms. Plus, I love the fact I can now start making money with my talent and my podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. It's episode 65, and this podcaster finds himself home again. Not building houses or making grunting noises, but by celebrating Wright State's homecoming. That along with your normal arrangement of scores from local sports, and you got yourself another installment of the local Sunday Sports Podcast. Welcome to another installment of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Visit theleewmowen.com slash podcast to subscribe and listen on your favorite podcasting platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, Breaker, Radio Public, PlayaPod, Anchor, Pocket Casts, and so many more. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Gem on Queen Crown and the host at The Lee W. Mowen. Like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Music is provided by freestockmusic.com. Now, it's time for our host, Lee. W. Mowen. Hey, look at me reusing old themes and making a batch of new openings before I started this episode. Not that that's relevant or anything. Anyway, hello and welcome to episode 65. Good to talk with you again. Lots of sports happened this past week, and we're going to cover it. But first, you know what time it is. It's time for local Southwest Ohio football scores. So week seven was special, as we're getting down to the final few regular season games. Season's just flown by. Whoosh. That's the sound of me flying my hand with this stress ball over my head to tell you that whoosh, that was fast. Week 7 was special because the people over at ABC 22 slash Fox 45 did the high school football game of the week Thursday at Twin Valley South in West Alexandria. 
the people that I know around here, when I tell them where I'm from, is like, where's that? And they look at me strange like I'm, you know, from 3,000 miles away when it's about 30 minutes west of Dayton. Anyway, being a student at Twin Valley South for a few years, I mean, back then I didn't like sports, and then I moved to Valley View, and that's when I picked up sports. It's still pretty neat to see, you know, a television broadcast from West Alexandria. So whenever I see 2245, 27, or, you know, anyone else, I make it a point to share it on my Twitter timeline. And I did. And I watched the whole thing. I turned the sound down about halfway through the first quarter, maybe. And it was also on Facebook Live. That's how I watched it. It was also on Fox 45.2, and I think they re-aired on ABC 22 at noon, since ABC doesn't have football like Fox or CBS does. Twin Valley South took it to Tri-Village, 22-16. to Very rough second half for Tri-Village and the Patriots. Their first three possessions. Interception. The bounce off the wide receiver. A fumble, and I believe Tri-Village also had the punt in the third quarter. Twin Valley South, coming off an 8-8 tie at half, took advantage of that and ran the score up 22-8 before the Patriots got a touchdown and a two-point conversion late in the fourth, and that's your score. Panthers win it, and quite a very nice showing at West Alexandria. Panthers win it 22-16 over the Tri-Village Patriots. Also, that was the same night that New England was on Thursday Night Football. They're the Patriots, as you probably know. And they had their Color Rush jerseys. I was kind of saying, I wish Tri-Village had Color Rush jerseys. That'd be cool. And Twin Valley South had their Reds on for the game. So, it was their Color Rush. So, yay. Glad we had that talk. Anyway, Twin Valley South victorious 22-16 in cross county conference play. Your other Thursday night games, Ponix Tech defeated Gamble Montessori 28-6. Hillcrest ran over Riverview East 42-6. And Claremont Northeastern edges out Bethel Tate 24-21. I put these scores in before I started to form these scores in each conference. So we're going to start with the Cross County Conference. I gave you the Twin Valley South score from Thursday. I'm still pretty pumped that it was on TV. And even though I turned the sound off halfway through the first, watching through it, you know, it's pretty nice. And Sonia edges out National Trail. The Tigers win over the Blazers 20-17. to Covington gets a nice revenge game after falling last year to the Bees. It's the Buccaneers with the final R as they defeat Bethel 54-7. I'm sure the victorious football team didn't go R after the victory, but it's fun to imagine. Miami East with a shutout victory over Bradford. Vikings win over the Railroad is 63-0. Fort Loramie defeats Mississinawa Valley 64-20. And Tri-County North takes down Arcanum and the Trojans 30-6. That's your cross-county conference scores. Now for the Southwestern Buckeye League. Bellbrook stays perfect and Eaton stays winless in the Battle of the Eagles. Once upon a time, both schools, I believe, were called the Golden Eagles. Both schools have purple and gold as their color, and eagles, like I mentioned. Although I guess Eaton's been historically known as the Fighting Eagles, and Bellbrook's the Golden Eagles. Why, I don't know. But Bellbrook wins 41-7. to 
as I get out of my history spiel. Milltown Masson rolls on. What a season the Mohawks are having. They defeat the Carlisle Indians 54-0. Franklin takes down Valley View 31-10. Northridge edges out Oakwood 39-24. It's Waynesville over the Dixie Greyhounds. Spartans win 56-14. Milton Union takes a bite out of crime. I mean the Arrows of Preble Shawnee 36-6. Bulldogs of Milton Union win. And Brookville edges out Monroe 21-13. As we move on to the Greater Western Ohio Conference, or the G-Walk. Last year that the G-Walk's going to claim 18 teams, unless they pick up 12, and there you go. But most of the schools, you know, are heading to the Miami Valley League next year. But that's next year, and this is this year. Miamisburg gets back on the winning track by picking up a 21-7 win at Springboro. Vikings over the Panthers. And that's the big rival game. That was a game I was looking at. I know Springboro's struggling this year, but Miamisburg-Springboro, just throw those records and numbers out the window. It's a rivalry game. And the Vikings, two touchdowns and two extra points better than Springboro. Fairmont... They keep rolling along, the Firebirds do. They defeat West Carrollton 46-7. Northmont gives Springfield their first loss of 2018 with a 25-7 win. Thunderbolts victorious. Lebanon keeps the Elks winless. Centerville is now 0-7 on the season as the Warriors pick up a 20-12 win. Wayne takes care of Beaver Creek. Warriors 49, Beaver 17. It's the Piqua Indians 42 and the Greenville Green Wave 7. Xenia takes care of Stebbins. Buccaneers 62, Indians 10. Trotwood Madison 42, Fairborn 6. Sydney 16, Tippecanoe 10. And Troy 25, Vandalia Butler 0. In fact, I saw a Facebook Live video, Downtown Troy, welcoming the Trojans football team. It's a big win, a big shutout win, too, for the Trojans as they are getting back on track after falling to Miamisburg. That still was a great game two weeks ago. Now for the Ohio Heritage Conference. As Greenan puts a stomping on Springfield Catholic Central as the Knights defeat the Irish 61-20. to It's Mass and Plains 22 and the Cedarville Indians 8. Fairbanks with a 51-10 win over the Northeastern Jets. Greenview 42, Southeastern 14. West Jefferson 23, Mechanicsburg 19. That is the first loss for the Berg, the Mechanicsburg Indians. And West Liberty Salem claws the Cardinals a 42-19 loss. West Liberty Salem beats Triad. Now for the Central Buckeye Conference as Bell Fountain, a shutout win over Tecumseh. Chieftains win 21-0. Indian Lake and the Lakers defeat Graham and the Falcons 21-12. Urbana climbs over Springfield Shawnee 47-12. You think all these puns are flowing smoothly? I don't know why I don't have them script. I just have the scores. I promise. And I'm sorry for all the awful puns. Jonathan Alder, 38, Kenton Ridge, 26, Northwestern, 44, and Benjamin Logan, 12. To the Midwest Athletic Conference we go. New Bremen, they win over Parkway, and the Cardinals win 33-13. Marion Local flies over Versailles, 49-14, over the Tigers. St. Henry, 34, Minster, 14, Anna edges out Fort Recovery 39 to 34 and a Saturday night affair for the Coldwater Cavaliers 41-0 over Delpho St. John's. To the Western Buckeye League we go, a couple schools in Miami Valley, that's why they're included. 
Van Wert, 52. Elida, 14. Kenton, 38. Lima Shawnee, 35. Here's a close score for you. Ottawa Glandorf, 9. Defiance, 7. And St. Mary's, those Rough Riders keep a rolling along. Great season for St. Mary's as they take care of Lima Bath on their homecoming, 60 to 14. That's Lima Bath's homecoming, mind you. And Wapakoneta, a shout-out win over the Salina Bulldogs. Redskins win 35-0. Northwest Central Conference, again, a couple schools in the Miami Valley. That's why they're included. As Lima Perry defeats Ridgemont 62-6. The Commodores are 6-1 now. Waynesville Goshen 22, Layman Catholic 3. Cavaliers fall to Waynesville Goshen. Marion Elgin 54, Hardin Northern 43. Riverside 40, Upper Scioto Valley Zero. And now back towards the Dayton and Cincinnati area with the Greater Catholic League. The Knights keep a rolling as Kettering Alter defeats Carroll, taking it out on the Patriots 54 to 7. First loss in the year for CJ in the hands of the Fenwick Falcons, 34-19 over the Green and Blue Eagles. Roger Bacon, victorious over McNicholas and the Rockets. Spartans win 41-27. St. Xavier and the Bombers fly over the LaSalle Lancers 42 to 7. I keep wanting to call them Explorers, but that's, you know, the University of Dayton's rival in the A10, not the high school in Cincinnati. And Muller and the Crusaders edge out the Elder Panthers 24 21. Have a Saturday game for you as Hamilton Baden defeats Purcell Marion 24 to 7. We move on to the Greater Miami Conference, a battle of Lakota, a battle of Westchester, and a battle of schools that should be north and south instead of east and west. I digress. Lakota East 36, Lakota West 3. That's the third straight win in the series for East. Lakota East, if you don't know, is by the new Cincinnati Children's Hospital they built in Westchester. It's up north on 75. Lakota West is by Ikea and everything on Union Center Boulevard. So, yeah, that's where the North and South comment comes from. But good win for Lakota East. Now, Coleraine, they're rolling along, and they're undefeated, the Cardinals are. They're victorious over Mason, 42-7. to Fairfield and the Indians pick up a 40-7 to win over the Sycamore Aves. Princeton, victorious over Oak Hills and the Highlanders. Vikings, 42-7. to And the first win of the season for the Big Blue goes against their Butler County rivals in Middletown. It's Big Blue, 15, and Middletown, 14. To the Eastern Cincinnati Conference. All these schools formerly of the Fort Ancient Valley Conference, with the exception of Withrow. Turpin, 35. Loveland, 14. Kings, 38. Walnut Hill, 16. Milford, 48. Withrow, 6. And Anderson, 42. West Claremont, 28. To the hills we go. The Cincinnati Hills League, I mean. In the Battle of Wildcats, and one school that should be named the Deer or the Bucks or something because it's Deer Park. Deer Park 42, Finneytown 0. Don't take these comments seriously. Take the score seriously, but not the comments. It's just... There you go. Deer Park victorious over Finneytown, 42-0. And a little fact for you, I'm sure I dropped it before, but Finneytown is home of the street named after Pringles. It's like Pringle Lane or something like that. That's where Procter and Gamble got the name Pringles. The more you know. I wish I had more interesting facts, but 
I don't. Reading 38, Marymont 13. Wyoming and the Cowboys rope a 70 to nil win over Madeira. And Indian Hill takes care of Taylor 62 to 13. Now for the Miami Valley Conference as St. Bernard takes down Cincinnati College Prep. The Titans win 26 to 18. The scores I saw always called just St. Bernard and not St. Bernard Elmwood Place. That's your difference there. Actually, not sure which one's correct. If any St. Bernard slash St. Bernard Elmwood Place Titan fans could enlighten me, the normal address is twitter.com slash T-H-E-L-E-E-W-M-O-W-E-N. We got Norwood. Defending North College Hill 33-18. Sorry, I thought I read that score before. That's why the pause. Summit Country Day 28. Miami Valley Christian 14. Dayton Christian, a great season for the Warriors in Miami Township, just south of the Dayton Mall. 21-7, victorious over the Cougars of Clark Montessori. They also have the logo that the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee Panthers use. I like I like pointing out similar logos, and it always brings a smile to my face. Why? I don't know. New Miami, 46, Lachlan, 13, and a forfeit by Cincinnati Country Day. They did not get to play against Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy. This was decided in August. Now, here's where things get a little slippery in terms of putting the scores in their right conferences. I go on Inquirer.com. I pick up some scores from Inquirer.com or preps.cincinnati.com. It mentions that some of the scores I have in the Cincinnati Metro Athletic Conference are actually in the Southwest Ohio Public League. I didn't think the Southwest Ohio Public League was still a thing. In fact, I'm pretty sure that's football only. That's Dayton and Cincinnati Public Schools. I was going to say Dayton City Schools. I mean, technically that's not incorrect, but still... Dayton and Cincinnati Public Schools, they're in the league, and it helps with football. I think that's the only sport they have the Southwest Ohio Public League in. I look on preps.cincinnati.com, and there is a Southwest Ohio Public League with no Dayton schools. So, I'm just going to read the scores. I know I sound like a big idiot, but 65 episodes, it's what do you expect. If I'm wrong, if you like to point me in the right direction, if I'm right saying it is CMAC or Southwest Ohio Public League, twitter.com slash the Lee W. Mallon. I'm there. Western Hills 27, Woodward 19. Taft defeats Scott County, Kentucky. Senators win 34-14. Aiken flies over Grant County in Kentucky, 48-7. Schroeder with an 18-14 edging over Hughes in the Big Red on Saturday. I also have some Dayton City League scores here as well. Bishop Hartley takes care of Belmont, 42-8. Thurgood Marshall defeats Jay County, Indiana, out of Portland, Indiana. The Patriots, 29-14 Cougars win. Dunbar defeats Mendeldale in a showdown of Dayton. Wolverines, 32. Lions, 12. We have the Southwest Ohio Conference. Here's a score for you. Mount Healthy, 56. Oxford, Talawanda, 21. What you might not know is the Owls, the Mount Healthy Owls, scored 56 unanswered points. And I spelled it wrong, and Microsoft Word did not scream at me. It's probably because it's in caps. The more you know. Mount Healthy 56, Oxford Talawanda 21. 
21 straight points for the Braves, followed by 56 straight points for the Owls. You have Northwest edging out Ross 21 to 20. Remember, the Ross Rams are the ones to hand Edgewood their first loss of the season. The Cougars face the independent Winton Woods Warriors out of the Forest Fair area. And the Cougars cannot get back on the winning track. They fall 21 to 7. That is a very solid Winton Woods team, though. They're 6 and 1 on the season. Like I said, independent. If you remember from years back when the Fort Ancient Valley Conference, second time I'm mentioning the FAFC, the FAFC? The FAFC. It's FAFC, like High C. When the Fort Ancient Valley Conference collapsed and the Eastern Cincinnati Conference was formed, Winton Woods was left out. And. The reason given out was, well, Winton Woods is by Forest Fair. Most of these schools are east of 71. Kings is in Kings Mills. Walnut Hills is just looking over 71 by Norwood and Rookwood Commons. Uh, Loveland's by 275, actually, so that's east of 71. But location was the excuse, and Winton Woods said, It's race! They're excluding us because of race. What the real reason is, I don't know. I'm in Dayton. I don't really know the whole story on it. It's a shame that Winton Woods is independent. It's good squads. But there you go. There's a little story time mixed in with your scores. You know, just like everyone wants in their podcast. In the Southern Buckeye Athletic Conference, Clinton Massey flies over Western Brown. Falcons win 70-0. Goshen 48, Wilmington 28. New Richmond and the Lions defeat Bactavia and the Bulldogs 35-7. Fayetteville and the Rockets fly over the Astros of East Clinton 22-14. And Blanchester 49, Williamsburg 7. Indiana scores. Because I don't put... The Indiana schools in their own conference, because all but two schools are in the Tri-Eastern Conference. Richmond's in the North Central Conference, and Connorsville, you know what? I'll be honest, I'm not sure. But I know Connorsville and the Spartans, they play the Richmond Red Devils, and when I was a kid, when Dad and I used to go to Indiana, we'd go off 725 straight through, and there's Connorsville, eventually. But there you go, that's why Connorsville's included, too. Indiana scores. Centerville Bulldogs edge out the Union City Indians 7-0. Close game. Anderson and the Indians defeat the Richmond Red Devils 27-26. At one point, it was tied 20-all in the third quarter. And I believe the Indians won it on their last possession of the game. Monroe Central 38, Union County and the Patriots 12. Hagerstown edges out the Titans of Tri 24-20. I always got a kick out of the fact that Tri is in the Tri-Eastern. Never mind. Hagerstown, 24-20 over Tri. Winchester, 42. Lincoln and the Golden Eagles, 34. Knightstown, 14. Northeastern, 12. Lawrenceburg, 27. Connorsville, 26. And now that brings us to college scores. As this episode will foretell after... I give you more and more football scores. This was Wright State's homecoming this past weekend, and yours truly had the honor of PAing all three games that Saturday. It's a lot of fun. For football, Wright State falls to Ohio State 34-0. The Flyers pick up a 52-20 win over Valparaiso and the Crusaders. And as Hal McCoy listed on his website, Dayton makes Valpo into Alpo. 
I laughed for a good solid minute on that. Sorry, Crusader fans. But I laughed a minute. I laughed a long time on that title. It was Cincinnati's homecoming as well, as my cousin's Instagram feeds show. And the Bearcats claw out a 37-21 win over Tulane in the Green Wave. Not only does that give Cincinnati their sixth win in their sixth game, their 6-0, that also puts them in the top 25 at number 25, and the Bearcats are bowl eligible. They'll be off this upcoming weekend. Now we look at the Red Hawks. Miami, the varsity squad, defeats Akron with ease, 41-17 to over the Zips. And the club football team, yes, Miami has a club football team too, so it's only fair I share you the scores. Sorry, Red Hawks fans. The club football team defeats Eastern Michigan, 38-0. I'm not sure if Miami brings more promising club football players over their varsity squad. I did see that Ohio State does that. The more you know. For Central State, they fall to Miles, 41-20. Urbana's winning streak is snapped as the Blue Knights fall to Virginia Wise, 17-0. Number one, Mount Union in Division Three, the Purple Raiders. They are the muscle emoji of D3. These Purple Raiders football teams, they never reload. They always come in strong. And the Purple Raiders take care of the Fighting Quakers of Wilmington, 63-7. Meanwhile... Number 12, Wittenberg. You remember last week they had a four-overtime affair in Granville, Ohio against the Big Red of Denison. This time, the Tigers, they don't need overtime. They don't need no stinking overtime. They take care of Hiram and the Terriers, 47-28. How about a fifth straight win for the Saints of Thomas More? They take down Emory and Henry, 41-27. Emory and Henry are known as the Wasp, and they're located in Emory, Virginia. And the tagline on that was Saint Swat Wasp. The more you know. Fifth straight win for TM. Mount St. Joseph's, they pick up their fourth win in a row. They take down Manchester and the Spartans out of Indiana, 49-27. Hanover and the Panthers claw Earlham by an 83-17 margin. And in the NAIA, number seven, Lindsey Wilson defeats Cincinnati Christian, 73 to nothing. That gives Cincinnati Christian and the Eagles their seventh loss on the season. Tough year for CCU, but they're battling on. They're continuing to play. Mad props to Cincinnati Christian. Now we look at NFL scores. We'll talk a little bit about this. The Dolphins of Miami had a 17-0 lead at one point in the third. But then something happened. It's called the Bengals put 27 straight points with Michael Johnson's interception touchdown tying the game. And the Bengals win at 27-17. Cincinnati is 4-1, their lone blemish at Carolina. That is impressive considering the Bengals without the services of tight end Tyler Eifert and wide receiver John Ross. I really hope Ross gets healthy. I want to see his potential come to life of Paul Brown. And I know I'm probably not the only one on that. Meanwhile, up north, how about those Cleveland Browns? 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. Still sounds like a soccer record. And two seconds away from making it a 1-2-2 two, and two record. Wins, losses, and ties. But it's the Browns kicking a field goal with two seconds left. It's Joseph with the field goal winner. And Cleveland defeats Baltimore in the battle of... Old and new Browns, 12-9. 
On Thursday night, New England handed Indianapolis a 38-24 loss. The Colts were without many of their offensive weapons, but Andrew Luck, I'm glad to see he's back to his healthy self. When Andrew Luck is healthy, he's a dynamic quarterback. Meanwhile, for New England, the Patriots, what can you say? It's Tom Brady. He'll probably play until he's 94, and he'll have his walker, and he'll still throw for 300 yards. And Tom Brady is pretty much responsible for me winning my fantasy football game, which, you know, I'm not getting into. You don't need to hear that. Also, Pittsburgh 41, Atlanta 17. I can't wait to see the Days of Our Steelers video from Urinane Tree. Like I said, highly recommended. (laughs) Funny guy. I wish I could be that funny one day, but there you go. That's all your football scores. And that will bring us to the meat and potatoes of episode 65. First up, we'll go on to Indiana sectional draws for football. And this is from pal-item.com. And for my friend, and hopefully yours too, Jesus Jimenez. The Richmond football team's 1-7 on the year, with their only win coming in the season opener against Connersville. Despite the up-and-down start to the season, the Red Devils have a chance to play in the sectional semifinals as they drew... You guessed it, Connorsville and the Spartans in the opening round of the IHSAA Class 4A Sectional 22 Tournament. In Ohio, the lower the number or the smaller the number, the bigger the school. So your Division One schools are, you know, Wayne, Beaver Creek, Centerville, Miamisburg. In Indiana, it's the opposite way. At least I think. Richmond is the biggest school in Indiana in the Miami Valley. At least I hope they are. I'm kind of spitballing of that, but I I can't imagine they're not. So other schools that I mentioned in the scores, Shelbyville plays Mount Vernon, and the winner of that will play Greenwood Newcastle, while the Beach Grove Mooresville winner, which I didn't mention, but they're playing, will take on the winner Richmond Connorsville. So. Spartans could win two of their last three against the Red Devils in the sectionals and play the winner of Beach Grove Mooresville, or the Red Devils could have their second win in a row against the Spartans, and they'll take on that winner. Class 2A sectional 36, Mass and Grant will play Shenandoah. Winchester plays Northeastern. Frankton is at LaPel with the winners facing in the Section 36 semifinal. Northeastern defeated Winchester 24-20 in Week 3, like I mentioned. The Centerville Bulldogs have Indianapolis Cicina. S-C-E-C-I-N-A. That's Class 2A, Sectional 37. I'm not sure what that is. I learn something new every day in sports. And the winner of that game plays Eastern Hancock and Heritage Christian, whoever wins that game. Union County will face Knightstown. The winner of the Section 37 first-round game will take on the winner of Triton Central in Milan. Pretty sure that's school in Hoosiers that won. I need to watch Hoosiers. In IHSAA Class A, Sectional 46, Edinburgh plays Lincoln, while Oldenburg Academy will face Hagerstown. Tri will be at North Decatur, and South Decatur will be at Indianapolis Lutheran. In Class A Sectional 44, Sheridan plays at Tri-Central, Monroe Central, at Clinton Central, while West Dell, Dell Griffin, sorry, will travel to Clinton Prairie, and Union City will be at Anderson Preparatory Academy. That's from Jesus Jimenez 
at the PAL item. And that's your look at the Indiana sectionals. Unlike Ohio, which will be a subject coming up, you qualify for, you know, in Ohio, you have to qualify for the playoffs. In Indiana, you get at least one game. At least, I believe that's how it runs. Now we look at FC Cincinnati. Their winning streak is over, but their unbeaten streak is still rolling at 22 games. They drew at Pittsburgh. Scoreless affair at Highmark Stadium. 22 straight matches. Granted, FC Cincinnati doesn't play like the Reds do, but could you imagine 22 straight games in a row without a loss? Which in baseball is wins, I know. But... 22 straight matches. That's very impressive. Congrats go off to FC Cincinnati. They're bringing up quite the season as well. And I'm going to dive into my likes on Twitter.com slash the Lee W. Mowen. And hopefully it's on top. So how are you doing? So I totally didn't have to edit about a minute of silence there because it wasn't in my likes. I thought it was. Thanks, Twitter. This is from... Twitter user Tommy G. You might know him as the voice of FC Cincinnati in Tom Gallagher. And he's talking about his guests on who FC Cincinnati will take on in the first round. So right now your standings, I'm not going to go over the whole details. You don't need me to talk about more numbers than I already have. FC Cincinnati, you know, top of the east top of the usl before jumping to mls louisville cities in second pittsburgh riverhounds in third charleston battery in fourth and all those teams have clinched a spot in the playoffs so five six seven eight are your interesting numbers with nine and ten they're right there too indy 11 looks like their lock for a playoff spot of course, they control their own destiny, and also they have the most losses in the top ten in their last five. Indy 11 has lost three of their last five. They're one, one, and three. Your second most heavy on the losses these past five games. Bethlehem has lost two, and North Carolina has lost two of the last five. The Steel, Bethlehem Steel FC's in sixth place. That's what Tommy G mentioned Bethlehem or Indy 11 could be the first round opponent for FC Cincinnati. Nashville's in 7th place, New York Red Bulls 2 and 8th. They are 1 point ahead of 9th place Ottawa Fury FC and 2 points ahead of 10th place North Carolina FC. Everything below North Carolina FC have been eliminated from playoff contention. So that's his guest Tommy G on Twitter, well actually Tommy underscore G, if we're being correct. And his suggestion, secure tickets today. If I get a chance, I'll listen to it on live stream radio. So FC Cincinnati having a tremendous year. And that will shift our attention to Wright State's homecoming. Like I mentioned, I had a friend tell me that it's funny that Wright State has homecoming because, you know, football. But, yeah, they have a football team. This year I got to PA, three matches. The football team lost. The women's soccer team had a 3-1 win against UIC. The men's soccer team drew with UIC. 
Now the Raiders and Flames are still tied for the top of the Horizon League. The Raiders, three wins, one draw. UIC, three wins, one loss, one draw. So if Wright State wants to host the whole kit and caboodle, which is the Horizon League men's soccer semifinals and championship, every game is a must win. My biggest game that I look at and I go, hmm, Wright State's at Green Bay. And for the past few years, the Phoenix men's soccer team has given the Raiders fits. Phoenix have a solid men's soccer team. Also, Oakland is on the road. That will be a tough contest as well. The men will have IUPUI and the Jaguars at home. Also, to close out the regular season, Milwaukee is in town. And their goalkeeper, Freddie Lorenzen, he's been a tough customer. Past few weeks, I think he's gotten player of the week, defensive player of the week, twice out of like the last three weeks. So, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun to see what these Raiders can do. They did suffer their first loss in the year. They fell out of Virginia 2-1. to one. But, nothing to be ashamed of. You took an ACC team, you know, you competed hard. So, I know it's a loss, but nothing to be ashamed of. And the men's soccer team is 8-1-2. and two. For the women, they're doing quite well in Horizon League play. They drew with Northern Kentucky. That game, that game was bonkers. That game was a lot of fun to announce. But they lost at Milwaukee, which I mentioned in previous episodes. Milwaukee is, you know, the the top of the women's soccer pyramid until, you know, otherwise dethroned. I know IUPUI did dethrone them in the tournament, but Milwaukee is pretty, pretty solid. Very solid. And that's probably still underselling it. But... Wright State, soccer, doing quite well. Dayton Flyers men's soccer did suffer a setback at home. Double overtime loss to Davidson. The Wildcats 1-0 on the 6th. So, my thoughts on Wright State's homecoming. As an alma mater, it's my alma mater. I'm an alumnus. Alum. I never know how to say that word. But, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to... Be able to come in. I got to announce the chili cook-off winners, which is always cool. While I was in college at Wright State, they had a homecoming court, but I don't know if they do that anymore. Last few homecomings I did at Wright State, I uh, I didn't mention a court. So there's my answer. I love it when I solve these things on my own podcast. Cheerleaders were there. Rowdy Raider was there for a little bit. The Wolf be cool if the wolf and the viking were there but you know that's wishful thinking a lot of people were there we had over 900 butts in the seats and it was pretty loud it was pretty awesome chili cook-off i just walked around a lot of chili there's a cover band i don't know who they are and they interrupted my women's soccer and men's soccer game how dare they they had the bass turned up really loud for women's soccer game and it was rattling the box and like why why can't you start at five when the game's over i don't know but i digress that's not a big deal that's me complaining for complaining sake i I like i like being a part of right state homecoming i mean even though most people don't know i'm an alumnus but for me being able to 
see the students come out and get excited and play four corners and well that's the game where you set up four corners in the midfield circle and you know the marketing guy rolls a dice a big inflatable dice we had had this uh, one string of rolls where it kept falling on five and six and of course it's four corners so there's no corner five or six (laughs) eventually just like you know what (laughs) two and four you're safe I'm tired of rolling this time it's a lot of fun. Like I mentioned, I really love my announcing jobs at not only Wright State, but UD. And I, you know, I hope people know I don't take them for granted. And I do appreciate being the announcer voice. So that's kind of my thoughts on homecoming. I kind of wish I saw the college radio station there, but it's out of my hands. I'm just an alumnus looking outside the glass now. I mean, the men's soccer game. I mentioned Wright State UIC at the top of the table. UIC team, they they made me tired just how fast they were. I mean, Max Todd, who I thought graduated for some reason, that guy, that guy can fly. And we're talking like OT, and he's still flying through. I'm just, I'm just in awe. And also Oscar Gonzalez, a couple years back when Wright State did host the men's soccer final, UIC won it in the 85th minute, 86th, late, late in the game. And Oscar Gonzalez won with his uh, header goal. He was still on the team. Yeah, Wright State, UIC, those are great teams. Like I mentioned, there's great, there's great games. The women's soccer team played quite well against UIC squad, which the Flames women's soccer team, they're just in their fifth year of operation. I think, though, that's the first time ever that I could recall that Wright State played the same school for both soccer games. Sometimes you'll just have men's soccer. Other times you'll have women's soccer first, go down to the festival for a little bit, and then there's the men's soccer game. And last year, club football played... This year they played at noon, which was nice. I could do the club football game and then walk back and do the soccer game. Last year, I think they played at... 2. And they got over after the women's soccer match, and it was a triple overtime loss to Ohio State. Being a part of Wright State's homecoming, I'll wrap this up, I promise. It's... It's a great experience. And I implore... Wright State organizations, Wright State students, Wright State alum, come out and enjoy it. I did see Wright State alum and WWSU sports director alumnus uh, Brandon Kunkel. He was on Wing AM 1410 with Mark Neal for about a year and a half, two years. It was cool seeing him. I also saw Gary Dickstein as well. He was the, what was his role in Wright State hockey? He He helped get my hockey broadcasting career started. I'll be honest, episode 65, I made the script today, and I didn't know what to talk about. And I know I got a heck of a lot of editing to do on this, made a lot of mistakes, but that's okay. Michael Hearn was nice on Twitter, and he answered my call. By call, I mean, send me some questions. I, I need I need filler, which I probably shouldn't admit, but yeah. 
And he asks, best moment in Dayton sports history? Maybe do a montage of the top ten with highlight clips. Of course, Michael Hearn, the guest from episode 46, titled Voice from the North. Great guy. Voice of the St. Mary's Rough Riders, or St. Mary's Memorial Rough Riders, if you prefer. Great guy, and I appreciate him. Uh, I told him that that might be a future episode in the works with fan interaction. Hey, spoilers, that means send me your suggestions on your favorite moment or best moment in Dayton sports history. And I'll also include Cincinnati as well, which, you know, there's a couple go by. On the fly, which, by the way, thank you, Michael. You can follow him on Twitter at MichaelHearnPBP. Best moment in Dayton sports history. In recent memory, uh, Dayton Flyers knocking off Ohio State in the big dance. Because the newspaper the next day said, THE University of Dayton. And I never fail to laugh hysterically and smile from sea to shining sea. I don't I don't know. I had a pun that I just lost it. Wright State, I'd say the hockey team winning the D3 National Championship. Of course, that's club hockey. I'd say baseball making the big dance last year. That's... It's the best part. Although the best sports moment in Dayton history. Just one. I don't know. It's a very, very good question. And if you have answers, we'll make it a future episode. Can't say which episode, because I don't know what episode 66 is going to entail. But it'll be something good. I promise. Thank you, Michael Hearn. And now I'd like to share an event that's coming this Saturday which is the 13th of October, 2018. It is the Dayton Warriors Softball Fund and Wright State University's Veteran and Military Center presenting the Wounded Warrior Amputee Softball Team Salute to Gold Star Families. This will be at Nishwood Stadium at Wright State, Saturday, October 13th. There will be two games by the WWAST team. The first game is at 9 a.m. and it'll feature local military and first responder all-stars. And game two will be at 2 p.m. and it'll feature WWAST taking on Dayton Legends Softball Club All-Stars. The Dayton Warriors Softball Fund, an all-volunteer host committee raising funds from Miami Valley Veteran Causes, is hosting the Wounded Warrior Amputee Softball Team on Saturday, October 13th at Nishwood Stadium at Wright State University. This is from the press release, by the way. It's a repeat visit by the WWAST, who visited our area in both 2016 and 2017 to help raise funds for Fisher Houses Incorporated, which is Wright-Patterson Air Force Base and the Dayton VA, Honor Flight Dayton, and to send a local amputee child to the WWAST's kids camp held in Manchester, New Hampshire in July. Mentioned the games, first one's at 9, and then the second one's at 2. A special part of the WWAST appearance in Dayton every year is a ceremony held between the games. This year's ceremony honors Gold Star families, those who have shared in the ultimate sacrifice associated with service to our country. This WWAST salute to Gold Star families will begin at 11 a.m. and includes recognition from event beneficiaries like Fisher House, Honor Flight Dayton, the Wright State University Veteran and Military Center, and the Dayton VA Medical Center. Tickets for this patriotic event are a mere $5 donation 
with all the revenues after hosting expenses go to meet the mission of the Dayton Warriors Softball Fund. Honor our veterans and help our community. You can visit them at facebook.com slash wounded warriors softball in Dayton or email them for more info at Dayton underscore softball at hotmail.com. Going back to the flyer mentions everything I touched on and the master of ceremonies and the salute to VSOs is Chris Stanley, Fisher House Director. This is a tremendous event. Come out to Nishwood Stadium, please. Do it for the Wounded Warrior Amputee Softball Team and the fine folks doing the great job on hand. And this will be broadcast on GemCitySports.com. And that will wrap up Episode 65 here from the Gem of the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Pretty soon, I would like to have more interviews with future folks. By future folks, I mean people from the future and not people now. I don't know why I said that, but in the future, I'd like to have some people on and we talk local Sunday sports. Who? I don't know quite yet. I gotta send out the emails and invitations. You can listen to this podcast on a multitude of platforms. Visit theleewmountain.com slash podcast, and you can read the press kit as well. And follow along on Twitter at theleewmountain and at Gem on Queen Crown. And like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown. It's been an honor talking with you again this week. Let's do it again next week. This is episode 65 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. This has been another installment of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the local Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Closing theme by James Anderson from FreePD.com. Follow the podcaster on Twitter at the Lee W Mowen, spelled T H E L E E W M O W E N, and the podcast on Twitter at Gem on Queen Crown. Like the Facebook page, the Gem on the Queen's Crown. For every link and platform available to listen to the local Sunday Sports Podcast, please visit the Lee W slash podcast. Would you like a question about sports answered on the podcast? Send a message on Twitter at either account or visit theleewmowen.com and click Contact Me and your question might be answered in a future episode. Thank you for listening and your support of this podcast. <laughs>